Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey everyone, welcome to the 289th episode of Just Shoot It, a podcast about filmmaking, screenwriting, and directing. This episode is brought to you by patrons Daphne and Ryan Kindle. I'm Oren Kaplan. And I'm Matt Enlow. Today we've got a catch-up episode. Oren and I, are we've been pretty darn busy, so we're going to talk about that. And then we're also going to dig into some listener questions. We've got a batch of really great listener questions that we've been holding on to. We've been exchanging information with them. And now I think it is a good time for us to dive into a couple different topics, distribution, legal questions, as well as a DIY distribution question. So uh, we're going to dig in. I think it's going to be a really great episode. And I know, Oren, you're dying to talk to me about some very pressing personal matters. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to talk about life for a moment. But yeah, and for uh, the longtime listeners, just to give you a little hint on how we run this podcast, if you do not hear guests many episodes in a row, it's a, it's a good sign. It means Matt and I are crazy busy and we cannot get our schedules to line up with any other human being's schedule. So we will have some awesome guests coming up soon. We have some people on the calendar, but we, uh, you know, we want to make sure you got something every week. And I feel like when we are really busy, there's a lot of things that come up to talk about. <laughs> so that's good. But before we get into anything important, let's do the unimportant stuff first, which is some shout outs to some of our listeners. At the end of last episode, I asked if anyone listens to, the, listens to the end of the episode. And I said, if you do listen to the end of the episode, send us an email and I will we'll shout you out. So apparently four people. <laughs> as of, oh, I th- it's more than that. It's more than four. But four is who you got in front of you. So we'll, we'll start with that. Maybe we'll follow up with a few more. Oh, yeah. Let me know if I missed anyone. Yeah, I think but, you did. Oh, yeah. my goodness. I'm sorry. People have kind of contacted us in various ways, but... Uh, I assume most people don't listen to the end, but if you do, we will shout you out and we will plug whatever you want us to plug. And I kind of mentioned this to you, Matt. You never really approved it officially, but I feel like maybe I will give a secret word at the end of each episode, literally like the last word of Mm. the episode. A code word. I love this. And if you email us moving forward with the code word from the last episode, then we will uh, give you a shout out and plug whatever you want us to plug. Uh, as long as it's, you know, one sentence or less. So this time we have George VK and his website, filmmakersecrets.com. Shh, don't let them get out. We have Tyler Small. Uh, his website is tylerwsmall.com. Um, I assume it's about small things and taller things. Mm-hmm. All if your name was Taller Small, that would be so mm. confusing. But his name is Tyler Small. Uh, and then we have Ka- <laughs> and then we have Cal Barnes, actor slash director, Cal Barnes, B-A-R-N-E-S dot com. And we also have a question from him coming up later in the episode. And finally, uh, my favorite troll, <laughs> Jamie Sandler, also known as Moho Sapien on Instagram, basically sent me a message saying he doesn't 
need me to mention his email, his website, or anything, but just to let people know that he did listen he to the very end of this. Listens episode. all the way through. So he's persistent, even though uh, he constantly sends me messages telling me how bad of a job I'm doing on this podcast. Um, hey, so who knows? Doing God's work. Thanks, Jamie. Relative to Matt, everyone's a bad podcaster. Okay. <laughs> And uh, yeah, maybe I'll remind people just just why not that we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash just shoot it pod. If you go to it, um, you can help us out with the podcast, pay for some stuff. Ten bucks gets you an awesome just shoot it podcast hat. I just mailed out a bunch of them. Uh, I will be mailing out a few more this next week. So uh, check it out, patreon.com slash just shoot it pod. And that is another way to get your name in the beginning of an episode without having to listen all the way to the very end. That's true. If your time is especially valuable and you and you know where that skip 15 or skip 30 button is on your phone, mm-hmm. go ahead and engage it. Go ahead and use it. Yeah. There's, a, there's a better way to get your name at the top of an episode. <laughs> oh, through Patreon. Through Patreon. As yeah. opposed to listening to the episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if I forget, you know, both is okay. okay. One last thing. If I do forget to uh, mention a code word at the end of this episode, you can email me and tell me that I forgot Mm -hmm, to do mm -hmm. that. Uh, Just shoot a pod at gmail.com. That's how you get to us. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And now, without any further ado... Let's just talk about nothing for a while. Yeah. Or, and I'm dying to know, uh, what have you been working on lately? So much and so little. I just came back from Branson, Missouri. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, what a what a place. Las <sighs> Vegas for families. It, it's funny. I feel like I spent the last year just like praying for work. Like really, the pandemic was hard it's, in well, a lot of ways. religious, man. Yes. Yes, that's true. Um, and boy, you know, it's back now. You know, I think we're just, we're both very busy and have been traveling a lot, which is still pretty stressful. You find 
traveling is hard because you're away from your family and you know just all of the stresses but then the the level of the covid stuff on top of it all is just like <sighs> still a bummer even though statistically things are going really well for the country yeah according to my new york times daily newsletter mm-hmm. we're doing just fine okay yeah. covid's going away schools masks no masks there's no but COVID. You, you still have to you still have to mask up though do you know what i mean like the the vibe is still weird is uh, what i'm getting at yeah even though you know logically we're the things that we are doing to prevent it are are helping basically and I know that New York Times newsletter is like, we have less control over the virus than we think, basically. Yeah. I mean, there's still that Swiss cheese theory, you know, like everything we do to control the virus has some holes in it. So just do a bunch of different things. Um, but I will say going to Branson that they uh, do not seem to care about COVID very much. Uh, I don't know if that's um, <laughs> uh, politically correct to say we were definitely... Maybe the only people wearing masks anywhere we went to, and uh, it felt very weird. Have you ever filmed somewhere that is culturally very different than where you live? Yes, certainly. Certainly I shot in Moscow. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And also I think you and I both have been traveling for work with some frequency. And so you kind of, the wonderful thing is that you get a chance to kind of get to know cities all over the country, which is great. But yeah, the COVID part, there's a difference between the differences going to chicago or going to branson missouri Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. also has a little russian footprint one of their most popular shows there is the yakov smirnoff show uh (laughs) he has a giant billboard uh all over town that says laugh your masks off Um, really yeah laugh your masks off uh yeah and he makes crazy uh, some funny things and he's even referenced in a simpsons episode about branson's (laughs) branson missouri so um yeah, it's interesting. And now I, I'm going back to Branson. <laughs> to yeah. The summer campaign. Going to do the fall campaign. Turns out, like in other places, there's these things. I don't know if you've heard of them called seasons. And so they want us to film summer during green leaves. Fall when the leaves are red. But it's like it's like a surgical precision. You have to get there like one week of the year. There there's are leaves on the tree. Yeah. Leaf peeping, period, basically. What's it yeah. called? Leaf peeping. That leaf peeping is the act of visiting a place to uh, appreciate and observe the the fall leaves, basically. Oh. So it's like big in like Vermont or, yeah, they call it leaf peeping season. That's like the cherry blossom season or whatever, like in Washington State. You know, mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. like the time of year. Right, right. Yeah. But it, except with us, it's like if you miss it, like they literally, <laughs> the agency's like, if you, I know you guys want to push by two days. If you guys miss the leaves. That's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> well, what, what's funny, I, you know, I was in Vermont for a festival a few years ago and we were driving. It was we, we it was after Woodstock and we were driving through just like literally the, the most incredible fall foliage I've ever seen in my life. It was breathtaking. It was magnificent. It was so great. And I remember pulling over to get lunch somewhere like a little little stop and it's got, you know, cider and donuts and all that stuff. And um, they were like, boy such a such a bummer you missed it it was really <laughs> great last week <laughs> uh, <what a> bummer. <laughs> we're so sorry you guys didn't see the good leaves so i think that for people who live in those places where they're especially spectacular there is kind of a magical 48 hours where they are at their peak it might even be a smaller window i don't know and if you guys want to hear more about leaves we matt and i are doing an, uh, a new podcast just about leaves it's called leave now 
Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll talk, you know, for hours I, about I, leave. I think you should leave. Our experience. I think yeah. you should leave. Already, already been done. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah. So I'm doing that. Traveling is tough with that. And I'm also working on this other job. I, I think we mentioned it last time where I'm doing a lot of visual effects. And it's one of these jobs. It's for potentially the biggest company in America. It is one of the smallest budgets I've had in a very long time. And uh, I'm really excited about it. Those two things, even though th- that thing that seems weird, but every once in a while, I'll get a job where I have to do like everything by myself. The visual effects, they gave us like an idea, but I wrote the script. Uh, you know, I developed it with the company, but I, I kind of wrote it. I pitched the jokes. I make the treatment. I do all the tests. I do the storyboards. We didn't even get a storyboard artist. I just did them all by myself in Blender. And it's crazy because I get like no money for it basically i mean i get like a minuscule amount of money for it, like a couple mm-hmm. hundred dollars literally to do the storyboards and they take me you like, mean your bump basically so you've got your your base rate of what it, you get yeah. paid to direct and because you're doing the storyboards the company was like oh we'll we'll throw in a little bit more yeah like a couple hundred bucks for the boards because we don't ha- have to hire a board artist but in my opinion it's like if we hire the board artist i get them for one day i have to know exactly what I'm doing and there's all this kind of like sci-fi visual effects stuff going on so I have to dis- spend hours describing what this looks like when I couldn't really just make it in Blender except it will take me yourself. four solid days and I have to learn how to <laughs> every time I use it I have to relearn how to use the software so it's yeah, exhausting well, but but well, once we get talk about this set, a little bit though because because I think that you and I are both in similar situations now where we're doing a lot more we have a lot more ownership over these spots and that is the thing that is the most exciting for us because I think that Previously, we used to spend a lot of time on this podcast, even uh, complaining a little bit about how frustrated we are that we don't have the control that we like to have to kind of make things as good as possible, basically. And so that can be intimidating for some people. But I think the thing that makes me feel reassured is when you have a handful of collaborators who can just look over your shoulder and plus things or pitch things or just validate blame someone <laughs> i'm i'm happy to take the blame that's the thing directors get blamed all the time and so i'd rather be blamed for my own bad joke you know i i'm, I'm happy to take on more responsibility if it means because we're already accountable for it either way the frustration is when you can't you don't have control over fixing something and it's not your fault, but you're still blamed for it that's the thing that's frustrating to me when you're like i know that this script isn't good enough yet and then, then people are like, boy, the spot just didn't really come together, you know, and then you never get a phone call from that company ever again. Yeah. And I've had a lot of projects where I have full control. I like am rewriting the script and I'm editing it or whatever. And then in the end, it's like, eh, it's like an okay spot. It's not great. And sure. Those times I get kind of bummed because I'm like, I, I have honestly nobody else to blame. I mean, I can blame the budget, which is like the dumbest thing to do, but Especially when you have control of the script. Like right now, this project I'm I'm pitching, like literally the budget that we have should be two people sitting against one a, a single wall on a couch mm-hmm. talking mm-hmm. to each other. That's like what we should shoot. That's what we can execute super well with the budget That's what we you have. can afford is yeah. what you mean. Yeah, yeah. And I'm talking about, yeah, like, well, I, I don't know. Commercial budgets don't even make sense at all and in context of like how you would shoot a short film or something. But um, it's a very small budget. And the the company had kind of had this idea of like this person flying through a wormhole. And because I'm doing like everything myself, I just like kept plussing it and plussing. And I was watching Doctor Strange and finding all these insane references. And I'm like, we can do this and we'll do this. And then this person will fly up in the air and this person's going to fall through the mm-hmm. ceiling and all these things that are totally impossible. You have Doctor to do. Strange 
ideas on Doctor Who budgets. I wish Doctor Who budgets like uh, well, you, you know, yeah, OG Doctor Who is pretty cheap. Yeah, but they had more than one person <laughs> probably working on the visual effects. But yeah, but Doctor Who was uh, a you know, in the treatment. Sure. I say yeah, yeah, the yeah, wormhole sure. is like Doctor Strange meets Doctor Who meets Doctor Wario because there's this video game component to it. But anyhow, Did because you say I'm Doctor War, is there a Doctor Wario? There's Doctor Mario, certainly. Oh, is is Wario not a doctor? <laughs> God. I mean, he that's could be. why nobody understood. No, Doctor Wario. Yeah, um, that's. Oh, guy. I wonder. I wonder how that it's works. It's a mini game. It can be unlocked in the game WarioWare. Oh, okay, great. Uh, but yeah, Doctor Mario probably would have been a better reference. Anyhow, you lose some, you lose. Some. Uh, <laughs> but so because I'm have so much creative latitude, I just keep adding more and more and more cool things into this thing, and particles and flares and all these things. And I'm like, oh, but at the end of the day, <laughs> of the day. I'm not going to be allowed to complain about the budget or the schedule because they're my ideas and I'm going to do them. Right. So hopefully it comes out good. I did, you know, this five gum spot with the the same client before and it was a tiny, tiny budget. Also, originally we were going to shoot it on iPhones in like an influencer's house. We ended up shooting, you know, building a little stage, like copying her room on a stage. But, but yeah, I think everyone's like, yeah, this spot's pretty, pretty good given that you had nothing to make it with. Um, and so I'm kind of, I'm excited to do it like this. Cause it's almost like you're doing your own short film, except, um, you just have uh, five figures to do it with instead of out of pocket or whatever. Yeah. Right? But the one downside is like, you still have a client that's like, oh, I don't know, this line doesn't make sense. So, or we can't promise this or like, this is too racy. Like I had a, I, met, I had a line in there about diapers and they're like, diapers, gross. We don't want any poop humor in here. I'm like, ah, oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like someone's yeah. telling someone else that they should get diapers because they're crying like a baby or something. It's like this, someone's insulting someone else. Anyway, mm-hmm. I was trying to make it very rated G, but even that was too dirty for them. Too dirty. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that we're both circling around this thing. I was just talking with the company that I'm working with about this yesterday. You know, when I first started out, I remember seeing all of the directors that I admired the most doing these kind of like smaller projects and not not totally understanding where they were coming from. You know, that they were doing PSAs sometimes or or just kind of like short films and documentaries and stuff. And I realized that that work, the work that you have a little bit more control over, the, that speaks to your voice and your point of view or lets you try something and experiment those are the jobs that get you the big jobs because you have to kind of have the ability to just show people what you can do. And so the, the magic of these kind of smaller gigs is just that, that because there's not $4 million on the line and a huge media spend behind this thing, you know, the top, top, top people aren't keeping super close tabs on this. Right. And so that kind of gives you permission to to stretch it out a little bit. Yeah. You know, it does make me more emotional, though, about notes. Like when I work for like, you know, 14 hours straight on making something cool visually. And then they're like, you know what? We want to go a different direction. I like literally if I, my table yeah, wasn't it, so it heavy, hurt. I would flip my <laughs> desk. Over. Yeah. Or it hurts your feelings even, you know, depending on what, what mood you're in. Yeah. Look, we've all met different people in the advertising world that have made the mistake of thinking that the thing that we're making is their short film, right? And it's not. It's not. 
you can invest as much as you can into it and you should invest as much as you can into it on a personal and creative level because that's the sort of work that I think everyone wants to do or at least you and I do but also know that at a certain point you know people are going to it's going to need to meet the the needs of a corporation no matter what even if that makes it less cool in our eyes right yeah but you see things that meet the needs of a corporation you see like an amazing zillow commercial or a little caesar spot and they meet the needs and they're also freaking awesome <sighs> cut to Oren tossing and turning at night pizza 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 <laughs> yes um tormented by that little caesar spot from well the, the other thing that i think both of us have kind of been dealing with a lot recently and i do think it's kind of covid related because we had this downtime and reflection and now you know, all these people had like, you know, quote, quote, unquote, mental health break. Like, that's why this whole IATSE strike, which, you know, like insane 98% of the members. Yeah. Hell yes. To yeah. authorize this strike. Uh, can I just say as a tiny tangent, this is the first time I've ever observed the voting turnout identically matches my social media feed. Do you know what I mean? Like, like before the, the vote, I was like, well, to me, it feels like everyone is voting to strike but also that could just be my own echo chamber my own bubble no it was just actually true yeah yeah i also feel like it's it's almost like not interesting to be like i'm for the ayatsi strike because like everyone's for that's like saying like i love healthy food well like, it's like I, I, I think it is important for directors and producers and people who are not in ayatsi to vocalize their support Right, like the above the line people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To to, but I think that is important. Yeah, for sure. I, I guess, but, I'm just, but it's not it's not like it's insightful. Not, yeah, right. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah, I guess it's it's emotionally meaningful to to you know, sure. Because we have influence over the way people are treated, you know. Yeah, and yeah, in in a way we do. And in a way, we also suffer like those same things in different sure. ways. And we actually yeah. don't even have, at least on the things we do, a union to protect us in any way. But yes, um, but so all those things. And I think so. So we all got this break and we all kind of made these big life decisions. I know you have had some really big life events. I don't know how much you want to share or not. I, you know, had a had a kid because, you know, we had some some time off. And then now. I mean, what else are you going to do? Yeah. And now with the work being so busy with travel jobs with do your own visual effects for 20 hours a day right treatments doing all these things i i am finding this like work-life balance challenging again um what like do you have any tools that help you balance that like are your kind of big life thing are you worried at all like um you already like don't respond to half my texts about the podcast i can't imagine um, yes i i'm quite with your worried. with your next stages in life like um, how, yeah, how you draw lines wise, between the work and bandwidth the, and wise, the... I am um, I am overextended. Uh, so I just had a big move. We've got plenty of life stuff coming, and a move into um, your own house, which my means own house. It's very yeah. different than I think moving into a rental because you move into a rental and you're like landlord, the sink doesn't work. <laughs> you move yeah, into your own sure, house, I need you you're to like install this thing or, uh, or fix to, this or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trim these trees. That's $12,000 or whatever. Some yeah. insane amounts of money that you did not even know people have to spend. Yeah. You're things. like, uh, maybe that tree can grow into that power line a little longer. We'll see. Um, yeah, 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 no. So bandwidth wise. And then also I have 
work has gotten for real for real again and so yeah it's been it's been super hard Uh, that's true i have been slacking on the podcast even in a way that uh has been pretty hard but so um no the answer is no i don't have i don't have any good tools i think i've taken on more responsibility than i have had in a long time and today it definitely hit me it's just like oh i've just got a lot on my plate and um haven't really uh booked any guests for this podcast or even have a good unpaid endorsement as a result you know well luckily i have so many good ones that's another if you know if i have a lot of good unpaid endorsements it means i've i've been doing a lot of cool things well yeah last night i got an email at 9 p.m it was these notes about this project that i'm kind of like doing a bulk of the work for and they kind of made me really upset because of just one note that wanted to like totally change the whole concept after I'd worked on it for so long. And at 9 p.m. I could have been like... As a for instance, it's like instead of a world or a wormhole, what if it was a whirlpool? That seems pretty similar. Like it's on the ground instead or something like that. Yeah. Like something that seems innocuous, but you've been like working I'd, yeah and 20 model this wormhole i've done the storyboards for it i'd have meetings with the dp production designer all these different people rewrote the script a few times to make it happen and then they're like yeah we don't know if the wormhole makes sense now that we think about it by the way the shoot is next week um and so maybe can we explore yeah it wasn't a wormhole it was like some other device to transfer someone over but mm-hmm. but a totally different a device. teleporter or uh whatever yeah. does a catapult they actually Something like different. didn't even have honestly an idea they just didn't like the wormhole because they thought it implied something that's not true about about their product anyway at 9 p.m you get that email and this is me like kind of out of my mind like my family's like where are you my kids crying <laughs> like everything yeah brand new insane. kid yeah, dogs yeah, and- peeing all over the bathroom sure. and i'm like <sighs> yeah should i respond right now to this email <laughs> or should i let these people who are just you know no offense but like corporate people that have a corporate job you know have the night off and i can email them tomorrow morning with my yeah thoughts a, on a this more note. level-headed re- response to yeah. yeah so of course i responded last night what am i gonna do not respond but i do think that like that that stuff is like the the more the fuller your life gets outside of work you know i think as you move from your 20s to your 40s or whatever the more i think about how much i'm affecting other people's schedules and how and the more I try to say, like now I really actively try to block out the weekends. Like if, um, like I had this job, I came back from Branson on a Friday and they wanted a treatment on Monday morning. And I was like, well, that means I'm working all weekend. Like, can you give me till Tuesday night? Because I, I, for my family, I can't just be working all weekend all the yeah. time. Yeah. Especially like it's part of it is that you're missing out on things or you're not actively part of it, but also your kids are young enough that they need active work and attention you know what i mean it's not just that you're ignoring them it's that you're transposing that work onto someone else probably a loved one you know yeah and also Um, my wife works and we have this deal i don't mean to like humble brag i don't think it's a humble brag but like we have this deal where we're like 50 50 parents like time wise you know like if we are we do have like a nanny now part-time and you know that that does kind of help us both work at the same time but if my wife like yesterday my wife shot a show and I, with the nanny, we have the nanny till one thirty, And so like, I have to figure out what to do from then until bedtime. And it's, um, just life. It, it's hard. It's just a different thing than like the a hundred percent work thing. And I find it 
refreshing to see other people, especially on social media, finally be like, hey, we can't actually just work nonstop yeah, this all day. This is crazy. This is a yeah. bad idea. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So anyway, just something I've been thinking about lately, but I... Yeah. I, the thing that it makes me think about as we're both kind of in this zone is that um, going back to my point I made before, like the passion projects are oftentimes the other part that get... Um, push to the side you know like if you're actively either just making a living and supporting your family or trying to spend time with them how does that other creative work fit into your life because that is the work that makes you that helps you level up you know what i mean even if you're happy making great commercials and and things like that you know it's something where you that that wasn't my plan to begin with you know, and I, I still, you know, we're touring with this feature and, you know, I have another one that I would like to make next year. And so making time for that work as well, because there's no one, the only person holding me accountable to getting this feature made is myself right now. Yeah. You know? And by the way, I don't mean to shatter your hopes and dreams, but zero chance you're going to make your feature this year. <laughs> with all I'll the take stuff that bet. You have. Yeah. Yeah. Hard bet. Going I'll, on. Uh, I'll bet uh, you 20 bucks. 20 bucks um, right here. Betting. Oh, I thought yeah, that was yeah. a high five. 20, 2022, I'm going to shoot it. Yeah, we'll see about that. <laughs> not not, not no, because I, of I, you, I, because of the external factors in your life. I understand. Um, I understand. And, and, that, and I have like kind of given up for now on the like, I'm going to write a feature for three hours every morning, you know? Be, and, and I'm trying to channel my passion projects more into like this low budget commercial I'm doing. I get to learn and study and storytell you know albeit in 30 seconds as opposed to two hours or whatever and i'm you know if i maybe will do a project with my kids i try to get in more of like a have more of a multimedia less like so focused on like tv and film and more like hey i can be artistic and find cool things sure yeah um, macaroni art for sure yeah or like i so during covid i made these like little videos with my daughter you know on instagram that literally I just shot on my iPhone with like a visual effect or something. And I get this last week, I got a call from someone that wants, wants to do like a campaign similar to that for Jack in the box, like little kind of DIY things. You shoot it, you edit it. Like let's do things. And I, I don't know, I probably don't have time to do it, but like just cause it's not a feature film doesn't mean it's not um, creating opportunities 100%. for you in the yeah, film yeah, yeah. B- business. And maybe, maybe that's the uh, actionable piece of, uh, of advice is like, finding ways to segment out your passion projects into bite-sized chunks, whether that's literally a feature, but you're only writing it 15 minutes a morning or, you know, exploring teeny tiny short films, Instagram posts rather, or, you know what I mean? Like like, your point being like, you still have to find and, uh, and explore your passions, but they, but the, 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 how big the bite is, how much time you have has to be elastic. Yes, that that for sure is always true. But the the other thing I guess that I think I'm coming to here is that the things that you already do in your life, try to find a way to be passionate about those and make those into your art. So if you're already hanging out with your kid every day from 2 p.m. to 7 p.m., like what's the fun thing you can do? What's the video you can make with them? What's the adventure you can go on we went you know Mm -hmm. i never edited it but like i (laughs) shot like i think i might have mentioned i shot like a spec spot for disneyland when i went with my daughter to disneyland because you know i had my 
iPhone and I had her and I had all these like fun shots and I had this concept for like, oh, what if I just keep doing the same shot on every ride and then we can do like a montage of them. It could be cool. You know, like, so use that. Or if you have a job like a commercial, find the thing that really excites you about it. Or if you have a writing job or if you have anything, like you're making a video for your And church. I think that's, that's just, uh, that's life advice, whether you're maxed out time-wise or not, you know? And I think that maybe it's just easier to lose sight of that when you're, when you've got, when you're spinning a lot of plates basically, but like you have to stay engaged and you have to stay passionate and you have to search for those opportunities actively. Yeah. So anyway, that's what's going on with us. Yeah. Love it. Shall we answer some listener questions? Yeah. So we've got two really uh, pertinent ones about legal clearances that I thought we could talk about. And I think we can kind of wildly exciting. Um, I think so, actually. Um, So first, the first one's from Alex uh, from Room for Cream Films. And he was making a piece for a specific brand, but I think it was kind of like a contest, basically. But his question basically was like, when I'm shooting in a grocery store mm, yes. and there's corporate branding all over the place, what do I do, basically? Oh, man, I meant to. Because we've seen I meant this in many films him. over the years and want to know what steps a filmmaker should ma- take to make sure they're in the clear. And then Monica, a different listener, uh, wrote us and asked. She's produced a feature film, and there are a few lines in the film that are spoken as dialogue that are published song lyrics. And she wanted to figure out if that's okay or not, basically what the advice is. So kind of two different legal clearances questions um, that kind of have for me a similar answer and opportunity. Which is funny because um, my, my response is even though those questions seem similar, I have like two wildly different answers for them. Take it away, Oren. Hit me. Well, maybe I'll answer Alex's question first because I feel more confident about knowing the answer to his question than to Monica's question. So have you filmed in a, in a grocery store before or a supermarket? I have, for yes. A yeah, yeah. A- AM, PM in particular, actually. I've done a good number of spots. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, the short answer, which is also the obvious answer, is yeah, don't show any other brands. The thing that comes to mind is like, how on earth are you filming an environment that is just thousands and thousands of brands, how do you hide them? And uh, again, the answers are just super dumb and super obvious, but true. Shallow depth of field, right? Like mm-hmm. everything in the background should be out of focus. Shoot on. I mean, fast the film lenses. school answer is like you see people flipping a bag of Cheetos around. Yeah. So that the back is is uh, is facing camera, which exactly. is a bummer. It's a bummer for sure. Hide the brand. Yeah. Or with Cheetos specifically, you could um, pile them sideways. You can get, I did a movie where we got like a, like a product placement partner where they didn't pay us. They get, gave us free product and permission to use it on camera. So we filmed in a, um, AMPM. It's my movie with Lori Laughlin. And, uh, just basically any shelf that was not out of focus, we covered, with that product. It was like a pretzel company. They made pretzels and chips and things. Um, and then I just filmed during COVID in a supermarket. And yeah, we just like blocked our actor as far away from the shelves as possible. And we had to move a lot of things like, hey, that's a giant Coca-Cola sign. Let's move that. Bring, you know, bring your own signs that say like for sale or whatever. Make like 10 big signs that you can strategically place in front of things. Or the, I think we talked about this on an episode a while ago, you know, the the sticker booklet, the Greeking book that um, all art people have. It's got a ton of different stickers in diff- a starburst shape and an oval shape and a square shape and an arrow shape, all of that stuff. Those are designed 
uh, and in a variety of colors. So you can kind of match the color palette of, say, a Cheetos bag and go ahead and and cover it up a little bit as well. So so but I, I think it's worth it to take a, a step back because I think there is a huge difference between your short film, a feature film and a commercial and what clearances are important for each, basically. And a television show, basically. Yeah. For commercial, yeah. you pretty much do not want to feature other brands. Right. And, and the reason that you don't want to do that is not really from a legal perspective. And this is true for television as well. It's not illegal, quote unquote. And I'm not a lawyer, so double check with your lawyers, everyone. But it's my understanding that it's not illegal to, say, show a Nike swoosh on someone's shoes if it's incidental. If it's not featured... You yeah. know, if it's used um, if it's in the manner in, the in which it's supposed to be used. Correct. But uh, specifically for television shows and for commercials, they're selling or they are the product of a brand. And so if you're shooting an episode of Blackish and like there's, you know, promotional consideration, per, you know, provided by whatever company, and then you see a Nike swoosh in the background, you know, if that right. whole Reebok, family wears Adidas or Reebok Nike. or whatever. That's a problem for the brand. And so it's not that it's legally a problem, but it's more of like the the inter-company um, politics of it that make it make it complicated, right? Which is why it's important to delineate, basically. Yeah, and you never know who owns what. Like I told you about the commercial. I, I did a Krylon spray paint commercial. Krylon is sold at Lowe's, and we had some Home Depot-looking th- orange things on our set um, which is a Home Depot is a competitor to Lowe's. So they didn't want us to do that because they want to be consistent with the brand. And then there's companies like Procter and Gamble and stuff that own like so many different so brands. Everything. Yeah. But also they all have their own legal departments, right? Right. But sometimes it's okay. Like in a Pepsi spot, if you have someone eating Doritos, which are kind of recognizable from the shape of the chip, it's okay. Or Pringles or something, you know, because they're owned by the same company. Sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it's not. But for the supermarket, just to answer that question specifically, I would try to hide as much as possible. But that but that said, like if you see a shelf with a ton of blue cans and they're out of focus, even though anyone looking at it for more than a second would be like, oh, that, those be, are yeah, Pepsis. Pepsi. Yeah. It's fine if you don't, if you can't read the word Pepsi, right, you know? Right. And, and so I, I want to bring up the next thing that you had mentioned. And this is kind of, I think maybe if you look at a short film versus a feature, kind of the bigger conversation piece who cares right <laughs> is the question right. right that's really kind of the subject you mean of from, a legal, depart- from, from a legal department from a legal department or from a producer's department or whatever do we really think that pepsi is gonna sue us if this this and this and the answer is probably not i don't know who knows right in a short film it's incidental you're probably okay talk to a lawyer you're probably okay is is, is the common knowledge amongst film people but the thing that i hate the most is that like you ask any crew member they're going to have a slightly different understanding of what any of this all means and the answer for who cares on a feature film that you want to distribute is your clearance company which and that's their whole job basically once you're done shooting a movie you send it to them and then they give you a very detailed report of like hey i can see a heineken in the background of this shot, you need to take care of it or it's okay. No big deal. It's incidental. Uh, and then that clearance company, that clearance report is what you use to get errors and omissions insurance, which is what distributors require for you to distribute your movie with them. So that's who cares, 
right? Are Do you think that Pepsi is going to sue you? Probably not. Do you need multiple experts to say, we don't think Pepsi is going to sue you in order for a company to take on the risk of distributing your movie? Because they, 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 they're a, a distribution company isn't going to just be like, well, my buddy on set said it's probably fine. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that's why it's important. And so the, the reason I was excited to talk about these two questions is because it's an opportunity for people to learn in a small sticks environment how to do it right and what you should do, basically. Um, and that can equip you moving forward, basically, as your films get bigger and you work on different sets and stuff because there's so much hearsay on sets. Yeah. And the one thing I kind of overall rule I would recommend is try to not be disparaging to a brand. Don't have a scene in your movie where someone, you know, eats some pop rocks and then drinks Coke and their head explodes because of those two brands. That Um, will not work. Basically, if you depict a the, the really the thing that you're really worried about is if you depict a product and it operates in a way that is different than what it is intended, you know, um, if you eat pop rocks and it causes someone's head to explode, that's when people do have a problem because that's when there are damages to the brand image. That's when they can say this famous movie is making pop rocks look bad and therefore it's going to hurt our sales. Therefore, we can sue them for the loss in sales. Right. And then there's like, did you, you watch Ted Lasso, right? Yeah, I think you recommend it. Like, you know, there's this whole story arc about this. Spon- the team is sponsored by Dubai Air and Dubai Air is doing some pretty negative things. And I was like pretty shocked if Dubai Air was a real company <laughs> and it ends up not being a real company. There is no Dubai Air. And so I think that that's one way to get around things is obviously making up fictional companies. How does a movie, a documentary like Supersize Me, which is rather anti-McDonald's, how do they get away with it? Documentaries are under a totally different jurisdiction. They're under fair use. That's the difference. And so uh, going back to the uh, the point of like, how do you um, do it right? The answer most of the time is either have a lawyer or a clearance company. If you can build a relationship with a clearance company and you've got something small, sometimes you can send it to them. And also those companies, you can send them your script and for a couple thousand bucks, they can go through and double check everything as well, um, which is how you kind of avoid the thing that Monica was describing as a song lyric. It's like, oh, maybe uh, maybe they fix that. Maybe they don't or catch that. Maybe they don't. But um, yeah, well, that's a great question about the song lyrics. What what is the answer there? That's uh, a lot more complicated, and I don't really know the answer. I think you would have to kind of explicitly talk to a lawyer about it if you're especially worried. And just to restate the question, there's a movie. Some of the dialogue in it is based on song lyrics from a known song that's been published. Correct. Correct. Is that allowed? I mean, yeah, my instinct is that it's probably okay, especially if you're just saying like the chorus, you know, mm-hmm, or something mm-hmm. or uh, some... If you are singing it, that's a different problem. But if it was just like, if I said, hey, Jude, you know, that would <laughs> right. be okay, I think. Hey, Jude, yeah. Yeah, that I think, especially if you have a character named Jude. Um, mm-hmm. So so uh, shout out to my producer... Uh, and dear friend B. Chaheen, who um, 
worked for basically every episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine and produced See You Next Christmas with me. She was so... that That's her superpower is catching those things and getting them taken care of beforehand because television tends to be the most rigorous on that front. Features, I think, are a little bit more relaxed on that. But so the thing that she was really good at was just kind of keeping an eye out on props, art, and just getting ahead of things. So that's what you really what you should do is like reach out to the companies and get that information beforehand. If you're working with a company or a production company that has uh, clearance sheets and things like that, you can reach out. And it's as simple as like sending an email or two, but you just need to do it, you know, in prep, basically. I don't imagine you asked B about this song lyric question, did you? No, but I could. You should. Yeah, I will. I will. She will have a great answer. Um, we're going to have her on the show in a couple weeks, too, so maybe we oh, can cool. ask her then. I do want to just give two quick anecdotes about these things. Number one, I worked for Disney for many years, giant company. We were allowed to have somebody drink a Coca-Cola and it could say Coca-Cola on it. We could have somebody use a MacBook laptop with an Apple logo on the back. No problems. However, if there was any art involved or photography, I'm not talking about logos and trademarks. I'm talking about art and photography we were not allowed to use it. So, for example, the photo of the background that comes with macOS standard, we didn't. We were not allowed to use that. And it wasn't clear whether we would get sued or not. Um, but they were like, just change the background to like a cleared image. You know, usually you have like mountains or whatever, some scenic background uh, that comes with macOS. We had to change that out. And if we were filming anywhere, and even if there was illegal graffiti on the wall, we were not allowed to show it because it's someone owns that art. Like an artist made that art and you don't have the clearance to show it. Nowadays in LA in particular, people are putting their Instagram handle at the bottom of murals so that you can <laughs> Spot clear them. it basically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So they have, they have contact info. This is not for just like, you know, Oren was here randomly right. spray painted, but like the, those really cool murals. Right. You can reach out and be like, hey, I would like to license this image. And that's part of how they're making money. Yeah. What do, you, do you know if you're filming on Sunset Boulevard and you have a bunch of random billboards in your shot? Can you use those? Again, it's, it's incidental. And so oftentimes the answer is yes. Oftentimes it's easier just to kind of get all of them cleared. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. So I created a show called Squaresville. Uh, that was like an early breakout. And in the movie, See You Next Christmas, we put it up as artwork in the background of one of the homes of the characters. And then I realized later, I was like, oh, dang, I sold the rights to this to a company that had then been acquired by another mega. Eventually, it was owned by Viacom, basically, is what I'm saying. And I had to like dig through the legal department bureaucracy to technically get a show that I created cleared, basically. Yeah. That's crazy. Also, I have the exact same story. I made this series, this web series, and I sold. It was this comedy series thing that I put on YouTube that just I made with my friend. Then we sold the concept to Adam Film, you know, uh, where you might have been working. And they bought, paid for two new episodes and to license our two old episodes that we already made. So it was four total that put on Adam Film. And then freaking YouTube took down my original videos. They said Viacom had filed like a copyright thing against sure, my DMCA channel. right. Yeah. 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 So I had to take off my own like homemade YouTube videos because Viacom claimed to own them. 
Yeah, technically, I don't think you were supposed to have those up anymore. That's part of what you're paying for, is their exclusivity. Well, I had so many views on them, and Olivia Munn wasn't one of them. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, my other anecdote is uh, I have gotten two cease and desists before in my commercial world. Both of them were for Quiznos campaigns I did. One, we were parodying Mad Men meets X-Men. Called it Mad X-Men, obviously. And we got a cease and desist letter from Lionsgate, who, unbeknownst to me, is the people that own the rights to Mad Men. And they said that we were using their IP to advertise for Quiznos. And also that we were using X-Men's IP, which is not owned by Lionsgate, but X-Men had been doing ads for Carl's Jr. So they thought it would... It could seem like we were saying X-Men is also doing ads for Quiznos. Needless to say, our lawyer wrote back and said, it's parody, fair use, and that was the end of that. And it happened again with Quiznos when Burning Man um, tried to sue us because we mentioned them, and the same thing happened. So, I mean, that's the advantage of having a lawyer on retainer, basically. Yeah. So if you are doing commercial stuff and you do have access to a lawyer, you can get away with some things... But it's tricky. Uh, obviously, don't don't take my word for it. But I'm just saying, you don't always have to lose this fight on every single. Sure, day. sure. And and the more you understand about it, and the more you can explain the circumstances, the easier it is to get a lawyer on your side. Yeah. Anyhow, let's get to Cal Barnes' question. That's right. We've got Mr. Cal Barnes, who uh, previously emailed us to let us know that he listens to the entirety of our episode. Shout out once more, Cal. Thank you. Um, So he's got a question. He actually, um, I'm a little familiar with his film, The Astrid Experience, uh, which was also a WeFunder film, not unlike uh, See You Next Christmas, the film that I produced that my wife uh, wrote and directed. Um, And uh, they shot it. Kind of uh, thinking that they were going to forego any sort of festival release, yada, yada. The the whole uh, issue with shooting in 2019 and then all 2020 festivals and 2021 festivals kind of being up in the air has kind of thrown them a little out of whack. But now that they are not releasing immediately, they had that thought about like, oh, what should we do about film festivals? Maybe Maybe we should put that back on the table. And so right now they're trying to decide whether they do a DIY self-release basically in march of 2022 or wait for a year uh, and see if they can get any sort of solid festival uh, exposure basically yeah and he also cal had talked to jim cummings who's kind of famous for self-releasing self-distribution you know with the uh, the company he's working with vanishing angle they have a new movie the beta test they did uh the wolf of snow hollow not that long ago, I'm sure Jim is shooting another movie right now. And they've had a lot of success with it. You know, I think they... I, I have no idea how much money they're making. Like, are they making a lot of money on the Jim Cummings movies? You know, it's it's hard to say. Uh, I know that Thunder Road, they kind of tout as like... Um, they had like a, a deal in France, a theatrical run in France that basically doubled their MG or something like that. They have a, a couple like really satisfying stats and i think they they continue to to make these movies so i think that is a model for success so the thing i want to say about self-distribution i I think it is right for the certain type of a certain type of person jim being kind of the the poster child for it but they're you know it's not unlike building a social media following or you know something similar or starting your own business you know i think it's very easy to go to a restaurant let's say and be like oh man this looks so fun. I'm pretty good at eating food. 
I should start a restaurant, right? And uh, that might be true. You maybe should start a restaurant. But I guess what I'm saying is that it's just a, it always looks a little easier on the outside because people are talking about their successes as part of their own branding and their own ability to kind of promote their product, basically, which makes complete sense. Right. So someone like Jim Cummings that already has like a hundreds of thousands of people that follow him that say, I will watch any movie you make, kind of has a built-in distribution model. And still, I know this because I've done some work for Vanishing Angle. You know, I edited like, I think I told you, like all those Netflix trailers was through Vanishing Angle. So I'm on some roster they have of people that they email um, when they need to do marketing and promotion. And when the Wolf of Snow Hollow came out, they emailed, you know, they emailed this entire roster and said, hey, we have some marketing stuff. We're looking for After Effects people that can make really cool, interesting digital marketing for Wolf of Snow Hollow. And I, I do believe they might have done that for the beta test also. And, you know, they're releasing a lot of other movies. So just because it's self-released, it doesn't mean they still have a company that is behind the marketing of this whole thing. On top of Jim's already existing social media uh, existence. So, yeah. And, and, and this isn't a conversation about, you know, one specific company or person. But I guess I guess what we're saying really is that it's a lot of work. There's a reason that distribution companies exist. There's a reason that all of these different disciplines have been siloed off, right? And so maybe you are the person who is really great at hiring a team that that puts all that stuff together. Maybe you're a person who can do it all themselves. My hunch is most of us, mere mortals, kind of land somewhere in the middle. And there are things that we are really great at and things that maybe you know, we should find some help uh, on. And so I don't know what your war chest is like currently, Cal, but I think that, you know, you have to kind of, just like with, with you know, production, distribution and marketing, there is that kind of golden triangle of fast, good, cheap. And so you're probably going to need to put in a lot of sweat equity and do a lot of self-teaching. You know, I don't think it's a coincidence that a lot of these people who are experts in self-distribution start selling those skills to other people because it just takes a lot of work. Like Liz Manishal is, a, is a, my favorite example. You know, Liz worked for years and years in uh, Sundance and then also in kind of event screenings and all sorts of different stuff. B- built this wonderful catalog of skills and now will consult for you basically. And I think that that's pretty consistent with everyone. It's it's not unlike, you know, people who did a really good job throwing their wedding, becoming event planners. You know, it's just like, well, what, you know, you just get good at all that stuff. So, you know, why not sell it? So that's like us. We're yeah. So, so good at filmmaking. So, so good at talking about podcast. ourselves that we. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, to me, the kind of obvious question is like, why would you not submit to film festivals? Like at worst, you won't get into any of them and who cares? You lost a little bit of money. You know, I'm not saying submit to a thousand to like a hundred film festivals, but if wherever you live, submit to like the local festival. Well, that, and, it, there, there is a little bit as a tiny bit of pushback. I agree with you, Oren. But it, because I, it's also marketing for your movie. Well, let's say you've got a war chest of $5,000 and that's for hiring a marketing person or, or the media spend or PR, all of that stuff. If you apply to a, a good number of film festivals, because your batting average probably isn't going to be perfect, right? You probably need to apply to a good number. You probably well. How much does it cost to apply to like your like AFI film festival? 
Is it like 50 bucks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere between 50 and 100 bucks, depending on deadlines and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so you can apply and, and to 10, pr- 20 festivals. Yeah. So that's a lot of money, though, right? If you're talking about if your total war chest is 5,000. That, that, that's all I'm saying. Again, I agree. I think you should go, Cal, I think you should go ahead and... Um, and submit to festivals. I, I agree because e- even if it delays it by a year or two, like having a few laurels is a really nice thing to kind of help promote your film. Warren's right; it is marketing. It, so it's marketing. It's you know, if you're in a small town or something, or let's say you're in, in Indianapolis or something, and you're doing the Heartland Film Festival, like they will write about your movie in the newspaper, you know. Um, and you do get the laurels, which I, I Indianapolis actually, you know, uh, Heartland happening right now. See you next Christmas is playing. Shout out to oh, anybody awesome. in Indianapolis. Hey, Indianapolis. Um, the, you know, I think laurels from a festival no one's ever heard of are not always the greatest thing. But to me, if we can just like stop talking about the business of it all for a second, like there is nothing more fun. Like you make truly, a film, an indie no- film. Yeah. So that you can go to the film festival with it and have a blast, you know, meet people, show it, do Q&A's. Talk to actors, meet other filmmakers. Want you know, go to the bars. Hopefully, by the well, time and, and having just done a, a handful of festivals, that energy is there. But it's we're, people are still cautious. You know, there's still like people wearing "I'm vaxxed" buttons, and you know, you have to check in at the door and all that stuff. Fingers crossed. By the time Cal's movie is like touring next year, that stuff will be a little easier to deal with, and I think people will be. I think it'll be. Very fun to go to a film festival next year is, is what my hope is. Yeah. It's going to be so much, so many deals being made, sex being had. Sure. Be yeah. Amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't know. I, I'm all for submitting because my the most fun I've ever had in filmmaking is being at film festivals with my movie, especially a feature. It's like a different thing than a short film too. You know, it's like you're the, you're the cool kids at a festival. Why Why would you not want to do that? Okay, we're running out of time. You got a meeting. I got a meeting. I want to quickly shout out two people that emailed us about uh, listening to the end of the episode that I skipped on the intro. And I was like, should we edit this and put them back in the intro so they don't have their feelings hurt? But no, but if they really do listen to the entire episode, they're hearing this. I mean, this. what, what so, better people to, to shout out later in the episode than people who listen to the whole episode? Yeah, I can't wait for this episode to come out and these two people to email us saying like, why don't you include us? <laughs> because I'll be like, we included you, Victor we gotcha. Prado. We gotcha. So Victor Prado, victorprado.com, V-I-C-T-O-R-P-R-A-D-O.com has amazing work on his website. Almost all the people I think have emailed us before and we've been in touch with before. But uh, yeah, he's got this like incredible like still photography stuff of like products. Uh, And then also we have Zach Hosseini, zachhosseini.com, Z-A-C-K-H-O-S-S-E-I-N-I.com. Uh, who also listens to the entire episode. So, you know what? Uh, go to these people's websites. Check out the reels. Uh, email them. Tell them you heard about them on Just Shoot It. Maybe hire them to oh, direct a commercial that uh, Matt and I have turned down. <laughs> um, so, Zach and Victor, thank you for listening to the whole thing. Trying to check my email real quick, see if anyone else listened to the whole thing. No, mm, apparently not. Double oh, checking. Wait. If not, we'll get back to you. Um, while Oren's checking yeah. his email, I'd no, love to no. ask him, Oren. Yes. Can you hang out and endorse with me? Unpaid endorsements. Okay, so I'm gonna go fast. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it off with two two real uh, softballs. One 
inspired by lunch today. Have you had the um I think Habit Burger is uh is regional only to Southern California. They might be national. They do tempura style green beans instead of fries. If you're at a Habit Burger, do yourself a favor. Check it out. Yeah. Tempura style green beans and habit habit burger. And then um you're gonna love this one, Oren. Are you familiar with the Disney Plus series? What if? Yes, is that like a Marvel? It is a Marvel cartoon thing? that I love. Yeah, love. So uh, here's what Can I like. Can I about watch it with my kid? Mm. How are it's you? It's animated, right? It's animated. It is very violent, but like blood. No blood. It's Marvel, so there's no blood. But like, if you think about it for a second, I'm sure you've seen like the the court or digital. Die? World. I mean. In the first episode, it's like, what if Peggy Carter becomes Captain America or, or rather Captain Carter? And like, she definitely kills 50 dudes. Are they like, oh, no, I'm dead or decapitated or something like that? No, it's like cartoon violence. Is it worse than Squid Game, which I tried to watch with my daughter last mm, night? I haven't watched Squid Game yet. So oh, it's yeah. pretty nuts. Um, I would say probably not. But here's what I like about it. The camera work is awesome, right? Like, uh. The action sequences are super cool. The way that they move the camera, you know, it because it's of the, animated. Though. It's animated, but it's it's certainly some sort of cell shaded three D sort of look, you know. Um, and Into so Spider Verse style. Um, no, it's it's less stylized than that. It's it's kind of somewhere in it's it meant to evoke a comic book in a sense, but not in that kind of CMKY sort of printerly version it's not meant to feel tactile in quite the same way but there is kind of a line orientation to it which is great but a virtual camera and animators are like so awesome at layout so awesome at shot design it's part of their grammar so like those sequences are really cool yeah it looks like like really high-end storyboards yeah exactly exactly it's like oh man this is like the best previous i've ever seen in my life but it's also like the conceit of what if is basically like in the the multiverse, like what if uh, a tiny butterfly effect change causes story complications that create a totally different cinematic universe, right? So in the like I said in the pilot, instead of Steve Rogers becoming Captain America, what if Peggy Carter becomes Captain Carter, basically? And all of the different, you know, the domino effect of all of those different things. And do they and have so the what, voice actors? As uh, no, no, but they do like a, there's a few people I think who carry over and it's not, they're not small time actors, but it is not consistent throughout everything. Um, but it's really campy and really goofy in a way that I like am so charmed by and it's the thing I've missed in comic books. It felt, it felt comic booky in a really fun, good way for me in a way that like those movies are special in their own right but they are not comic books they are marvel movies you know so those are my two i'll check it out for sure it was fun i really liked it yeah um okay so i'll do uh two they're gonna be kind of techie i apologize hit it hit it number one if anyone follows me on instagram they know that I've been posting a lot about my iPhone 13 Pro. As of uh, three days ago, Filmic Pro, the app that comes with uh, uh, the app that you can get to do, you know, kind of custom manual controls on your iPhone, now supports ProRes. So you can shoot ProRes 422HQ on your iPhone. Uh, and by the way, when this episode comes out, we'll be uh, six days from now. So this will be like a week old. But yeah, you can shoot ProRes on your iPhone. And I did these commercials in Branson, Missouri, and the cuts aren't done yet. But so far, 
in our current edits, there are four of my iPhone shots in these broadcast TV commercials. So uh, don't sleep well, on the iPhone, folks. There you Especially go. Especially now with ProRes, you can grade it and everything. It's going to be awesome. Get the one terabyte one. Also, uh, you know, marry a billionaire if you want to import it. Um, yeah. yeah, I got the half terabyte like a sucker. Yeah. Um, I hope the next one you're going to endorse is Polycam. I'm be mad at you if you don't do it. Uh, okay, I guess I can. I think I talked about Polycam before, haven't I? Did you? I don't think so, man. Because you can actually, you don't need the LiDAR. So the iPhone 13 Pro, iPhone 12 Pro, and iPad Pros all have a LiDAR scanner. I, I don't know what the terminology is, but a way to measure distances through your phone. It does. I don't know if it's sonic or how it works. I'm, the answer is probably in the name. I think Anyhow, it's actually a quite old... Um technology actually i think lidar is like from the 50s and 60s we just didn't really need it until now oh wow well anyway whatever this technology is it lets you scan do 3d scans of environments and rooms and i have a shoot you know i've been talking about it and i went to the stage and i scanned did like an entire 3d scan of the stage and i bought the program it was like 60 bucks for the year and now I can, anything I scan, I can export any format I want to Blender, Sketchfab, anything. You can even, literally, if you don't even do 3D stuff, you can go into this room, you can scan the room, and, and it works for exteriors too. I can, you're like shooting at Disneyland, let's scan this environment where we're going to be with your phone. It takes uh, like one to three minutes, depending on how big the environment is, and you just walk around and you take, it automatically takes pictures of, of the place from every angle possible, and it shows you what pictures you're missing. And then when you're done, you can even upload it to Sketchfab, which uh, is a site that you can send some other people the link, like a production designer or DP or whatever, and they can take measurements. They can be like, oh, how, how high are the ceilings or whatever? And it even automatically generates blueprints of the room. So you can send the blueprints it's of your location. Incredible. I, I will say I, I tried it in my uh, new living room and the results were mixed. Oh, with the 13 Pro? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so... How was it daytime or nighttime? Daytime. And but, but I had a, like a lot of junk. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a really clear, clean, ideal circumstance. I had like moving boxes and flowers and ceiling fans. There was a lot of stuff that I think that this technology probably had a harder time with. And it went a little faster than I wanted. But yeah. So, so you need, yeah. So this is for scanning spaces, not necessarily items. They have a separate mode to scan items, like small items. I'm saying, I mean, these items were in the space. Right, right. So, so it doesn't like if you have a plant in the room, it's not going to like model every leaf. It'll just be like a big blob with a picture of a plant on it. But it's pretty, it's pretty good. Um, Maybe I'll send me a message on Instagram. I'm at O'Kaplan on Instagram, and I'll send you a link to my Sketchfab scan so you can check it out for yourself. Um, You can walk around the the set and see. And I use the boarding possibilities to me. That that's that's the magic, right? Because I think. To your point earlier, it's like, okay, you know, a board artist and this and that. But if you can like literally just walk around your set virtually and find different cool angles and then show those angles to people in a efficient way, that's that's the future. That's Yeah. And what I did for my boards is I took my 3D scan and I like rebuilt the walls just so that they're straight. I was going to say, did you clean, do some cleanup on it? Yeah, but there's this whole kitchen area. I just left it as scanned because it's kind of a background element, but you get the dimensions, right? You get like when you put a camera on your, in your scene, it's like the angles are correct. So it's freaking rad. That Um, is the future. That's wild. So, uh, I will, uh, I, I keep posting stories and they, you know, expire after 24 hours. So people should put them in your highlights. 
Hey, can I still do that even not with an expired story? You know, good question. I don't know. Maybe I will do that. Thank All you. Right. Well, we'll okay. see. Okay. Anyway, you got to go. If you have any comments, thoughts, anything, you just want to talk to us. You know, we're just like nice people that love to chill, waste time talking bros. to our listeners. Yeah. Um, email us. <laughs> we're not bros, okay? Uh, just shoot it pod at gmail.com and we'd love to hear from you you can find us across all social media we're at just shoot it pod you can find me on twitter i'm at smitey pileg on everything else i'm at o kaplan with a k and i'm at mr matt Enlow. this episode was edited by sarah weirda thanks sarah that's where your patreon money is going everyone uh thanks sarah you're listening to uh music by the free music archive and the artist jazar yes and the secret code word to email us if you want to hear your name at the top of an episode is prores All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.